At Lurie Caverns, there is an area of water that reflects the stalactites above. The depth of the water is misleading because it is only a few inches, but it looks much deeper than that. Oftentimes, modern leadership theories that contradict the teaching and example of Christ are like that body of water. They presumably show depth and seem amazing, but they are shallow. The work of the gospel and leading in that isn't for the here and now. It isn't for the immediate or for the numbers. The work of the gospel is to carry the good of the here and the now and allow it to grow further through into eternity. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Brendan Albury and this is Sabbath School University. This discussion, we have a wonderful guests here with us at the panel. I'm going to ask you a little bit about yourself, starting off with your name, what you study, where you're from. Okay, um, my name is Wandil Mtiane. I'm an architecture student, sophomore here at Andrews University. I'm from South Africa, and uh, I speak the language with the clicks. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. My name is Megan Channer, and I'm studying Community and International Development. It's the master's program here. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Excellent. And where are you coming from? I'm coming from California. Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, my name is Michael Kindom, also from California, and I'm studying my master's in divinity degree right now in the seminary. Wonderful. Well, it's great to have you guys here with this discussion. I know we're going to have a great time. Mm -hmm. But before we begin, we would like for you, Wandile, to pray and possibly read the scriptural text. Okay. Um, our scripture text for today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. It says, Now it came to pass in those days that those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Let's pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, let's get right into it. Yep. We saw the, the scriptural text. I want to ask you a question. Name a person in the Bible that was a good leader. And in your opinion, what makes them this good leader? Well, I'm going to have to go with Moses because... He was very humble and meek, and when the Israelites were driving him crazy, he went straight to God. Hmm. Except for one time when he hit a rock oh. and then he got punished. But <laughs> he for the most part, he was very humble, especially considering the fact that he was trained in the best schools in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he relearned True. everything and did the shepherd um, job <laughs> for yeah. 40 years to learn how to depend on God, and that's important. So, wow. Moses. Great example. Um, well, you know, another example that I could probably bring out is um, Queen Esther. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Queen Esther, a great leader. And 
You know, one of the things that I liked about that the most is that when push come to shove, mm -hmm. she was not ashamed to identify herself as a Jew. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah. a, a lot of times people in uh, high positions uh, in different kinds of organizations, sometimes faith is not something that they are comfortable talking about, but she wasn't uh, ashamed to really express who she was mm. and to be accounted for. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I'd, I'd also go with uh, Moses because like I remember this scenario when the Israelites were all surrounded there were two mountains on the side the chariots and Pharaoh were coming from behind and in front of them was the Red Sea mm -hmm. I can imagine the old guys coming up to him hey Moses were there no graves in Egypt that you come and bring us out to die in the <laughs> desert mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, we see like good leadership qualities from Moses because he still stood firm and said that the Egyptians you see today you may never see again God will see us through. So I think those are some leadership qualities that we all should uh, adopt. And I think he's one of the good leaders in the Bible. Yeah. Mm. Yes, he, he mm -hmm. truly is. Uh, all great examples, uh, even when you think about uh, transitional leadership from Moses to Joshua, mm -hmm. uh, that dependence uh, on the leadership role was on God himself, God mm -hmm. Almighty. Yeah. And I think that's very essential to make a good leader is to have, you know, a fortalized relationship with God, yeah. to right. be dependent right. upon Him. Right. So I want to ask you guys, uh, thinking through all the good reasons that you have uh, for your faith, mm -hmm. and at the same time, what role has it experienced in your life? Can you tell me why we need both? I think uh, faith is uh, one of the major concepts behind Christianity, mm. because the only reason why we believe in God is because of faith. Okay. Now, in order for us to be able to believe in Him, we have to faith. To have faith so basically what I've realized is that we, we can have faith and believe in God but the demons also believe that there is God mm -hmm. so in it's order true. for in, in order for us to distinguish ourselves between believing in God and the demons we have to have that relationship with him yeah. we have to have an experience with him so that whenever we face uh, difficult circumstances we can always fall back to say hey mm -hmm. thus far God has led me Ebenezer yeah yeah so basically you're saying we need to not only uh, claim that we're believers, but yeah. we must be followers. It's like, you know, when you start all of these web pages right. and all of these media yeah. applications, this is a keyword that stands out and it's yeah. a follower. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, how many followers you have because yeah. to exemplify if you're a popular yeah. person, right. you know, the uh -huh. tweets, you, know, you write right. a passage, you right. want to see how many followers right. have come. And, it, you know, we have to show uh -huh. based on our relationship with Christ and our character development that we are followers mm -hmm. and not just mere believers. Right. Yeah. A lot, I think, as, as a matter of fact, um, now that you mention it, I think that concept of follower has been dumbed down today because, as you have said in social media, you know, you just, you just click like on a Facebook page, you're automatically a follower, um, where in fact you're probably just a fan. Yeah. And um, where, you know, being a follower of Christ uh, has completely different implications for us. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's something that we have to um, try to differentiate. Yeah, well, so tell me something. What then did Jesus do to transform his disciples from the uneducated to the leaders? Hmm. He must have had some form of recipe. What, what was this recipe, this method he used? You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because when I read that text, it, uh, it, it just was great for me because like when I looked at it up, it says that uh, maybe let's look at uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 12 to 13 once again. It says, Now it came to pass in those days, that's those days 
that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And uh, when, when it was day, he called his disciples himself, and from them he chose the twelve, whom he also named the apostles. Mm. Now, what, what was interesting to me is the fact that he called his disciples, right? And then from them he chose the twelve. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was thinking to myself, what's the difference between a disciple and an apostle? Yeah. So I looked, it up, I, I looked that up and I realized that a disciple is a, uh, a follower of Jesus, right? A follower of Jesus. Mm. And an apostle is a person who is sent by Jesus. Mm. So now mm. there were a lot of followers of Jesus. But out of these followers which were there, Jesus chose the twelve to be apostles. Yeah. So first he taught them. But when they were following him, they were looking at all these miracles happening and uh, Jesus was teaching and, and all these things happening. Those were the disciples. But when they had got to learn more about Jesus, when they had got to learn more about the ministry, he made them into apostles, which means he sent them out to preach the gospel. Yeah. So I think that applies to us today as well, that mm. not only are we, are we followers, but we should also be what? Apostles, which means that we should also go out there and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Um, three, three elements. And uh, I'm taking a, a small group class. Uh, yeah focusing on all different types of um, growth groups, small groups. I'm sure you've taken maybe the class, Michael, you know, being an MDiv student. And um, they're, 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 there's something essential here in the scriptural text, Luke 6. Yeah. He first went out to pray. Yes. Mm. Um, that is crucial when it comes to discipleship and looking for future leaders and you want to equip them that, you know, I asked my professor, how do you choose? Only through prayer. Hmm. because it is only by the discernment of the Holy Spirit and the encounter with him that you're hmm. going to be able to choose those that you know eventually that you'll be able to teach hmm. and equipped and eventually they'll be prepared to go out because he sent them Definitely. so that transition from discipleship mm -hmm. to apostleship yeah I believe integrated in that is prayer because right. without a prayerful relationship with, with Jesus Christ, there's no growth, right. you know, then that's why they call them growth groups. It's yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah. growth. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with growing in knowledge or yeah. equipping yourself with intellect. Yes. I think it's a transformational growth and mm -hmm. prayer, only prayer can do that. Mm -hmm. Only prayer can do that. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you guys, we know stories in the Bible. You have Jairus, a centurion, Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, even the Samaritan woman, the list goes on. But what do all of these have in common with the master teacher? You know, actually, I really like this question because uh, as, I, as I see it, well, one of the things that they all have in common is they all have this personal, very intimate experience with Christ, one-on-one. Mm -hmm. uh, -on -one. Um, and you were talking about prayer. So they all had this personal uh, experience with Christ. No one else was there. It's, in other words, no one else has had this experience. It's just between them and God. Mm. And I think mm. that that's where the strength of a leader comes from, mm. is not just the mm. experience of uh, perhaps being in a boardroom or preaching in a church or in doing some charitable work, but it's based upon that foundation of what you and God have, that understanding that you have with each other mm -hmm. in the privacy of that you know, prayer you know, place, wherever that may be that's where you know the basis of your ministry is going to come or the basis of your work is going to come and i think that's where your confidence will come from too yeah that's yeah. a great point Mike. yeah great point yeah that's personal relationship i think that's very important right there what uh, michael was saying mm -hmm. because like as we grow up maybe you grow up in the church 
as a Christian and uh, there's a difference between believing in Jesus, having your own Jesus and believing in your parents' Jesus. That's right. Mm. Like you, you've been brought to church from the time you were born up until now at yes. this age. Yes. And you don't really have that personal uh, connection with God and you still believe in your parents' Jesus. You go there just because your parents have told you. Right. I think it's about time if you want to be a leader, especially a spiritual leader, there has to be a transition that you have a personal experience with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a great example. That's a great example. Um, I think about it where they say knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. information is power and right. you know right. I've read all of these books on leadership but when I look in the Bible the, hmm. the greatest leader is Jesus Christ right. mm -hmm. and there's one thing he's always given us and it's access to that yeah. power yeah. now you have some you know powerful individuals mm -hmm. that believe that power comes from status mm -hmm. you know you, you, the, the increasing fame. client of your economics fame yeah, yeah. but Jesus mm -hmm. clearly was a great leader because the greatest sign of a good leader is giving away good leadership. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he did mm -hmm. that through access to his father and kingdom. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the father except through me. Right. So he was saying that if you want to have the relationship that you I have with God, you have to first accept me. Right. Because remember, he was the word that became flesh. Mm -hmm. And I love that because you have so many people that are so afraid to give away knowledge because they don't want to have they don't want to to pass on mm -hmm. that leadership portrait or you know give them the keys to success or the recipe yeah. because you know sometimes we're we're Reading. power freaks you know? we're just, <laughs> we're power. Yeah. but there's power in Jesus there's yeah. that he's literally the one that has showed us the way uh, for the access for great leadership now just playing off of what you just said Brandon um, about you know this knowledge is power type of mentality especially that mentality in the western world you know where knowledge <laughs> truly is power you know yeah, whoever yeah. has you know the most amount of information is going to win the case yeah. mm -hmm. but um you know if we look at christ you know we see a lot of you know pastors and, and even ourselves you know mm -hmm. usually pastors leaders of any sort you know the, how big is their library you know, it's yeah. huge, yeah. you know, and that, and again, you definitely, all of that will help you in your ministry or whatever position you're in. But, you know, how many books did Jesus have? You know? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> how many books did he have? <laughs> you know, he, he just, he was just walking around, you know, just, just hanging out with his disciples, That's you know, right. and, you know, he, he, I mean, I don't think he could really carry very much, mm -hmm. you know, except probably just the clothes on his back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think the power, you know, as you were saying earlier, is definitely coming from that you know, that very strong relationship with his father, that, yeah. that confidence in knowing that what he's doing mm -hmm. is exactly what his God wants him to do. Hmm. He lived the book. He lived the book. Yeah, that's he it. Lived he book. lived the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so tell me, what leadership trait then do we learn from this? Hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting when I look at the life of Jesus Christ himself. He, he, basically, he basically spent his life between two places, and that's the mountain and the multitude. Yeah. In the mountain, what was he doing? He was there praying. Right. And in the multitude, what was he doing? He was there interacting with people, healing people, preaching to people. So I think if you have these two traits, you're a great leader. Hmm. Hmm. Mountain yeah. and multitude. Mountain and multitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting like that you say mountain and multitude because when we were reading the verse, it said he would go to the mountain to pray. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're going to... If you're going to do anything, even, you know, coming and talking um, at a Sabbath school or, you know, sharing your testimony, mm -hmm. you have to be connected 
to God mm -hmm. and have prayed before if you're going to reach anybody in that crowd. Sure. Otherwise, you're just, you know, everything is falling on, on. I mean, God will always have a message in what you're saying. But True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what power you would have if you had prayed, if you had gotten up early like Jesus did and went to the mountain and prayed. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you would think, oh, he's Jesus. He's the son <laughs> Yeah. of the Most High. Yeah. What does he need to do? Why, why, why does he need to pray? I mean, he doesn't need to pray. He, he didn't yeah. need to pray. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing. One of the traits that I, I've, I've seen about Jesus Christ and everything that he did, mm -hmm. leading by example. He led by example. Led he by never example. asked us to do something he never did himself, even mm. though he never needed to get baptized. He, there was no need for baptism. I mean, for Christ, he was, he was, he was a perfect being. <laughs> but he did it mm -hmm. because... He was a leader. A great leader is someone who never asks you to do something, otherwise you've done it yourself. Yep. And that, and I, I, I don't know what trait to call it, but um, I want to say that prayer. He led by prayer. You know, led he even prayer. taught us how to, to pray. pray. Mm. I mean, yeah. you, you can't go wrong. You know, I believe the trait here is humility. Mm. Leadership. Mm. I found it. Leadership, uh, true leadership, um, requires humility. Because you can be a great uh, uh, leader, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's just awesome right there. It, it's funny you, you say that because, like, the other traits I'm remembering now is that Jesus was firm. Mm. I remember when the, the Pharisees, they tried to question him and stuff. He even said, you brood of vipers. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was straight to the point. It didn't matter what the crowd was like. It didn't matter what the greater population thought. What is true is true and what is wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. So he stood to his point. He stood on the truth. And whatever he did, whichever debate he engaged in, he referenced the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that we have lost these days. And that's one thing we should go back to. In, in, in whatever uh, conversation we have, when people try to come against us, let us reference the Bible. Hmm. And that's, what, that's exactly what Jesus did. He lived by the Bible and he also referenced the Bible. You remember when he was tempted uh, by the devil? Same thing, he, he referenced the Bible. That's the only way he was able to win the debate over uh, with the devil. So I feel it's, it's, it's a very important thing that we, we spend time with our Bibles so that we know the truth, so that when we are questioned out there, we, we know what to say. Well... <laughs> you're going deep now. <laughs> you know, ministry uh, sometimes can be perceived, and it is at times, a 24-7 work, a 24, you know, uh, hours a day, seven days a week, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. obligation, um, duty, task. And we see in the life of Jesus, you know, three years of ministry. It took him 30 years to prepare for three. Mm. But he was at it. He was avid about his purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean... What lessons can we learn from Jesus about a ministerial work that entails a 24-7 day, uh, uh, well, week-to-week, 24-7 task? Being mindful of the fact now that we have to practice what we preach, we have to live what we preach, it is 24-7. Yes, Even yes. in your sweet dreams, you're thinking <laughs> dreams about what you're going to do tomorrow. Right. So it's a 24-7 job. What can we learn from this? What can we learn from Jesus' ministry? Well, I think for Jesus... Um, time management was a big thing mm -hmm. because yeah. <laughs> we live in a society where you stay up all night yeah. yes. and then yeah. you sleep in as much as you can and it's like a drudge to have to get up early mm. and Jesus is like the opposite 
he's like getting up super early like mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody is going to get up you know at dawn mm-hmm. on this campus unless they're serious and determined about yeah. <laughs> whatever they're doing architecture and it's just the complete opposite of, of our society and mm-hmm. jesus was time using time management um i remember hearing once that if you don't have any gifts the gift you do have is time mm-hmm. and you could use your time for god oh. and Jesus was even like sleep, like you mentioned sleep, he was um, resting to be able to do his duties the next day. Because, mm. you know, the past two nights, I'm going to admit, I've been up <laughs> till three in the morning. And I'm not even a night person. I'm actually a morning person. Right but you. you know what I was doing yeah. was Facebook. <laughs> I wasn't studying. Oh, I was... okay. <laughs> well, they didn't have Facebook back then. So. <laughs> no, they didn't, but I'm sure they had other things. <laughs> But, um, you know, and then in the morning, you don't, you didn't get that sleep. You're tired. You're a little bit more grumpy because you don't have the right um, balance in your body of um, happy hormones. Mm -hmm. And so you're just kind of like, get out of my face, give me coffee or something, you know. And it shouldn't be that way. Aroma tea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decaf. But (laughs) it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, great point, Megan. Great yeah. point. You know, I actually, you know, just you know, playing off that too. You know, um, every every leader needs their outlets. You know, um, Jesus even said, "Come rest a while." You know, there's there's two extremes of leadership. You know, there are those who are, you know, very lax about what they're doing. They're not very productive. You know, very unorganized. I hope I'm not in danger of that. Uh, but uh, and then there are others who are really workaholic, mm, yeah. you know, and uh, they really don't know when to stop. Uh, yeah. Sometimes to the point where even their first ministry suffers, which is their family. Mm-hmm. So you know we have to um, have those outlets, and we have to realize that the solution to all the um, work that needs to be done is not more work on you. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more laborers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in other mm-hmm. words, in, we need more people, more personnel. It's not work necessarily from you, yeah. Yeah. but you know, we need to hopefully delegate and try to organize so that we can have more volunteers you know, do the same thing. You brought up a, gr- a great point because I've heard a lot of pe- uh, individuals said, well, well, Jesus worked endlessly tired uh, uh wholeheartedly for three years you never yes. rested but first off we're not jesus yes. second off right jesus had no wife he had right. no kids sure. and his family heavenly yes. family yeah. he was eager to get back to yes okay now jesus works hard so he can get there as yes. quickly as possible sure. so he can go and prepare a place for us yes, yes. now a lot of yes. individuals said well shouldn't we do the same shouldn't we work so hard so that jesus can come soon yes but like you said that's not mm. dependent on one individual no yeah and we, we must be mindful of the fact that we're human beings that's right and, and we need a good temperate life we need to eat right uh sleep right absolutely because it reflects uh you know our work yeah uh, and i believe the 24 hours has a lot to do with time mm. and also realizing that we're, we're we're human beings and we can't do it all great points absolutely. great points absolutely so i want to ask you how do you charge recharge your body how do you recharge tell me one thing that you would do synapses of when you're down, how would you recharge? Is it exercise? (laughs) 
Well, as an architecture major, I need a lot of recharge, especially at the end of the week and stuff. Because, mm, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> uh, my day ends at around 12, 1 a.m. Almost every day, there's studio, there's projects going on. Mm -hmm. You have wow. to build models, design. All these things, they go on and on and on. But you need that time to recharge. You know, there's this song which says, Sweet Hour of Prayer. So mm. I, I try by all means to wake up early in the morning and have that sweet hour of prayer. Mm. And that's, that, that's what gives me the energy to take on another full load of architecture, full load of drawing and designing yes. and all these things. But one thing which is a blessing though is the Sabbath. Mm. Like I, I can see everyone at the Andrews campus, they just Hallelujah. celebrate Friday afternoons. Like, <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> 12 o'clock, actually 12 o'clock. <laughs> finally, everyone gets to rest. They yeah, go yeah. to the beach. They. Uh, uh, they have fellowship. <laughs> That's when we, we, we get to, to rest and rest in the Lord, read the Bible, and it's just an awesome day. I, I don't know how people do it who, who don't have the Sabbath. I, I wouldn't survive in a secular university myself. Right, mm -hmm. right. What about yourself, Megan? What do you do to recharge? Um, What's your method? I, I run away to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love hiking, and okay. I feel trapped when there's no place to walk and see like, mm, nature. Yeah. and everything natural nothing man-made it mm -hmm. just it really does recharge me i can be there for a couple hours wow so are you a hippie or? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness my boyfriend says that i'm a hippie <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that no. uh, um you know what um well apart from also you know you're mentioning you know spending time with god but you know aside from that um i just love you know fitness you know, I'm a big fan of that culture, you know, going to the gym. Oh, yeah. um, and that's really important because one pastor um, shared with me how, you know, that's a great shock absorber to a lot of the stresses oh, yeah. that you go through. As a matter of fact, um, you know, modesty put aside, I guess. Um, sometimes some friends of mine will just look absolutely drained, like absolutely, you know, like stressed out. Mm. And they're like, nah, how you doing, man? And they're like... You know, yeah, I mean, things could be better, but, you know, and not, you know, pulling my hair out necessarily yeah. <laughs> because all that stress is just like being released into that next rep or that, that next mm. set that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, also playing a sport, too. Um, I try to play tennis at least two, three times a week. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the sports uh, aspect yeah. because, like, I play soccer, I play for the team. Yeah. And uh, after a hard day of work, I'll be sad, tired quizzes, assignments, and right. stuff. But as soon as I get to the soccer field, I forget about everything. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I come out of yeah. the soccer field with the guys, we'll be all happy right. and stuff and get yeah. back to work. And as a matter of fact, um, it's been scientifically proven that exercise is the best uh, way to improve your memory, mm. even better mm. than any herb that you can drink mm. yeah, or anything mm. like that, but yeah. exercise. Yeah. Guess I should play more soccer then. <laughs> All of these things are essential, and the reason I ask is because, you know, when you find time for yourself for recharging, then you're yeah. able to really exert more energy into your passion yeah. to serving others, discipling. Absolutely. Uh, you know, God wants you to have a, you know, recharged moment. And even I, all of you made great examples. For me, I just feel as if I need to cook a good meal. Yeah. Like something like <laughs> That's on, good, too. Uh, yeah, in a cookbook, you know, I try to make something that I won't make in... 15 minutes, right. you know, that comes from a can. Right. Like to uh -huh. really make a meal, my wife and I, we do it together. And right. when we eat that meal, right. if we don't 
want to just eat by ourselves. We love to see other people eat. So we okay. invite people over for fellowship. And <laughs> these things are important because I believe it really leads to, you know, our spiritual growth. Yeah. It really does. So, so when are you going to invite us over? Oh, <laughs> right after. This okay, discussion. okay, all right. Right That's after good. this That's discussion. Right. It's a great answer. Guys, yeah. I had a great time. We need to do this again, and I hope we do. <laughs> and for those that would like to join in the discussion, visit yeah. our Facebook page off the link of our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Brendan Albury. We'll see you next week.